Welcome to episode 10, my conversation with Matt from Switzerland. This is the Straight Up Gay Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Major, for the Straight Up Gay Podcast, where I have conversations with people about their experiences related to the LGBTQ community. This podcast is dedicated to learning more about LGBTQ people by having personal conversations and sharing their experiences. Keep in mind, this show is free of cursing, but we may have conversations about human sexuality and topics related to sex and gender that may result in awkward questions from young children. If you're not prepared to answer those questions, turn back now. Today is February 18th, and I'm speaking with Matt. Matt is a young gay man at the ripe young age of 30. He currently lives in Switzerland. Uh, I think he said on the German side of the Switzerland uh, area. And he's uh, gay, cisgender, and he's currently going to the university out there. And he is working on his PhD. Is that correct, Matt? That is correct. Hello, everyone. All right. Well, I'm excited. I have, uh, I've already had a PhD guest on the show and you're going to be when mm-hmm. you finish it up you'll be our second phd guest so it's exciting we're a very highbrow show very professional we have the experts on you oh yes a very good demographics <laughs> yeah and you said you're finishing up your phd in the hard sciences uh what area yes. uh, what area are you focusing in uh i'm studying physics oh okay yeah so that's really uh, good yeah. that's uh, i was actually just talking to my son the other day he wanted to do uh, honors chemistry but he had to take physics first and i said well that's really cool you should be happy about that he wasn't too happy about it but i said you know physics is like understanding the fundamental <laughs> science behind how the universe works so you should really be excited about that and he was just i totally agree with that and i hope that he's going to have lots of fun doing it i told him i said physics is a really cool science i mean you should really be excited about it and he was really kind of had his heart set on honors chemistry but uh i think he'll enjoy physics so he will he will well that's beyond the question (laughs) right so matt thanks for being on the show i hope we're gonna have a great conversation um i got to give a little peek behind the curtain they usually tell you in public speaking not to tell people about your screw-ups but (laughs) something something happened to my pre-interview form and the majority of all the questions that everyone has filled out somehow got deleted and they're all missing uh so we have no guide to go from so we're just you and i are just gonna have to riff it for the next hour we will do that yeah (laughs) we should manage so I gave I gave a little bit of an overview, Matt. Um, I kind of just gave people the forty thousand foot view of who you are. So do me a favor, tell me a little bit more about yourself. Give us some more details, and just let us let the audience know a little bit more about you. Yeah. So my name is Matt. I'm thirty ish. I was born in the southern part of Switzerland, in the Italian speaking part of Switzerland, and I'm actually half Canadian, but I consider myself mostly Swiss thus raised bilingual Italian and French. And um, I've then moved to the north of Switzerland, uh, in an inner part of Switzerland, to Zurich, to study at ETH, uh, physics at university. Um, I finished that. I moved to London for my, my PhD, and then I came back, and now I'm back in Switzerland, just quite recently. Okay. And, and so, uh, are you, yeah, you, from the, you are still working on your PhD, that's right. Um, in the very fini- in the finishing part of the PhD, I okay. would say. So you're close to the end, you just haven't fully completed it yet, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The text should be complete, but the bureaucracy still has to do the last processes, okay. so to say. Let's just start from the beginning. Um, you're a gay man, you're a gay cisgender <laughs> man. Tell us about your earliest experience as when you first discovered that you might be gay, or at least you may not have known it then, right? You're maybe possibly pretty young, so you may not have understood it at the time. But now that you're older and you understand what homosexuality is and, and you can fully comprehend your sexual identity more, what is the first kind of memory or the first feeling in which you felt maybe you were different? That's very right. That Back then it was difficult to put together these feelings and put a name on them. I remember always being quite, being quite interested in uh, older boys my age when I was possibly around 10, and then during high school, say when I was 12, I started having crushes on my uh, classmates, and that made it quite clear. Um, and I think that by by the age of 14 or 15, I had gathered enough information around about the subject to be able to conclude and to tell to myself at least that I was a gay man, well, a gay boy back then, a gay teenager, 
Um, and they remained uh, quite silent about it, a little bit in the closet, until I was 17, 18, at right at the period where I went to university in, uh, in Zurich, because I felt that it was a, would be a completely different atmosphere. And um, yeah, aside from that, it was, I did not do lots of dating back then. Um, yeah, and I'm now in a, well, I've been in a, in a two-year relationship now. Okay. With, All right. uh, yeah. So when, when you were younger, you said it started around 10, you started had, having these feelings that you were attracted to the mm -hmm. other boys, you know, that were your age. Were you yeah. living in Switzerland at that time or were you somewhere else? I was I was living in the in Ticino, the southern part of in the Italian speaking part of Switzerland. Okay, so you were still in, in Switzerland. And so I understand it that that's I don't know a lot about Switzerland, I'll be honest, but I do believe it's a pretty secular country, isn't it? There's not a, a national religion or anything, is there? Uh, there is not. It's overall it's pretty secular. Uh we actually had a religious war one hundred and fifty years ago. And after that it kind of vanished. And we have a very strong federalist system. They're called cantons instead of being states, but it's very similar to the US. And each state actually has an official religion, so to say. Oh, so okay. we have Catholic and Protestant states. And this sort of equilibrium between them makes it so that the politics in general, the society is quite neutral to that because we are a union of uh, different origins as religions go. Oh, okay. That's uh, that said, Ticino. Yeah, it's quite uncommon. Switzerland is quite uncommon for that. We're also kind of mixed for uh, languages. It's like three different cultures that make up Switzerland. There's a French culture, the German culture, and the Italian culture. Okay. So um, um, you, yeah. s you said when you, you know, around 10, you first discovered that you had feelings for other boys. Mm -hmm. um, and then you stayed in the closet up until about 17. Now, generally in, yep. the, in the United States, when someone stays in the closet, it's because... Uh, they fear they may not be accepted for their sexual identity or their gender identity if they're a trans person. Like I said, I don't know much about much about Switzerland. So, what was the reason why you felt you needed? Is the is the acceptance of LGBT people in Switzerland not generally accepted? Is it similar to the U.S. in that way, in that which it's looked down upon, or is it's it's considered some sort of um, deviant? sexual orientation or something like that the italian speaking part of switzerland is tends to be much more traditional and conservative as the rest of switzerland we tend also to be much stronger as religious feelings we are definitely much more catholic than many other cantons it's not a particularly progressive place so to say it's not a very welcoming and it was not in the 90s when i grew up Okay. I'm quite sure that now it's changed a lot. But even back then, I had the feeling personally that I would not be particularly welcome. And that's probably just my own feeling. I never tried to test it. And nowadays, when I present, introduce myself as a gay person, I've never had a bad rea reaction from anyone. Okay. So it was probably all in my mind. I was not particularly confident well, on one, my own. One of the things I've always been told is perception is reality. Uh, whether or not it was true, your perception of how you would be accepted was real for you, and that's what you're going to act on. However, however you perceive things, that's real to you. It may not be the actual reality that uh, lines up with your perception, but you're going mm -hmm. to you're going to run your life off of the perceptions that you perceive around you, and so whatever you perceive is going to be real to you. And so you perceived that it would not be accepted. And so you then decided, well, I think it's probably best for me to stay in the closet, per se. Yeah, that's quite true. It's with the benefit of hindsight, I realized that I had probably nothing to fear. But yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yes. If I could take a time machine and go back to my 15 year old self and tell him, I would. But yeah. Well, that's good. I'm still working on that. Well, so a lot of people here in the United States, they have to stay in the closet much longer. Um, it's still mm -hmm. not generally accepted by most people. Uh, we are still a majority of a Christian nation, even though we have a, we should have and it should be viewed as a secular government. We don't have a national mm -hmm. religion and the states yeah. don't have official religions because in the United States, we're supposed to have a separation of church and state in which the our government doesn't endorse any religion over another. And so here in the United States, even though the the majority of our population is Christian oriented towards in their religion, 
a lot of people feel that pressure socially, maybe not legally from the government or anything per se, but because there's such a negative view by many Christians, I don't want to stereotype all Christians, but many Christians look negatively upon homosexual and transgender people that they feel that they should stay in the closet for their own safety. And many of them have to stay until they're in their twenties or thirties. And so mm-hmm. it seems maybe, you know, you had to stay in the closet for a few years, about seven or so, but it's fortunate that you didn't have to wait until you're 30 now. And, and we weren't doing your coming out on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. On that side, I consider myself to be quite fortunate. Yeah. And obviously, I moved to Zurich, which is one of the most uh, open and uh, gay progressive cities, certainly in Europe. Yeah. And beside, in a university, which is already is characterized by a quite progressive and welcoming and not judgment, non-judgmental uh, attitude. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. That's definitely good. So I want to ask you about your coming out. When you did finally decide to come out, what was that like? Can you explain, you know, how were you feeling? Who did you come out to? What were their reactions? What were some of the experiences on the day or the week or whenever it was you came out? Initially, I just came out to, uh, to friends, uh, to very specifically chosen friends. I would uh, take them apart, you know, use a specific moment and occasion, for instance, a... Uh, one of the first times I came out was uh, during a trip on a train uh, with a guy I had agreed would be my uh, my housemate in Zurich, and I told him that I was gay, and he told me that he already knew. So <laughs> that was like, yay! Um, <laughs> that yeah, would, that then, could be pretty funny. I imagine you'd be like, "Hey, I'm gay," and you're like, "Duh." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And for you, it's like such a struggle in the beginning to to even articulate the word. In the the first times I tried, uh, it was really difficult to even verbalize it and say it out loud. Yeah. And it's such a struggle for you. And I just dismiss it by saying, "Oh, yeah, I knew." Yeah. It's not a problem. Well, you you listened to the show. We we spoke a little bit before the show, and you told me you listened to the other episodes, so you know that I'm an atheist, mm-hmm. and I can identify yeah. with with telling people that because I had when I first deconverted <laughs> and I admitted my atheism to myself, I had to tell them, my mm-hmm. wife figured it out like in the first week. I kind of slipped up and made some comment that I thought would be that I was clever enough and I was hiding it, but um, mm-hmm. I wasn't prepared to let my wife know at that point, and it kind of came out on its own. But then once I said, once my wife had a chance to deal with it and we kind of got back to normal, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I, I can't hide this from everybody. I got to tell people. So I had to tell my yeah. sister, who's a Catholic. I had to tell my dad, who was formerly a Catholic. I think my dad might be a little bit more agnostic or atheist at this point. Um, okay. he, ha- he hasn't said as much, but his, his attitude is pretty much of a non-religious one. But telling your mm-hmm. family who you grew up knowing were pretty devout Catholics is pretty intimidating. And my, in my dad's, to my dad's credit, he reacted pretty favorably. He's like, "Oh, okay, well, you know, it was almost like a non-issue for him." Uh, my sister okay. took it a little harder, not very hard. It wasn't like she stopped talking to me, but she was p- pretty much like, "Well, you realize you're still your niece's godfather, and that if she wants to continue her Catholic faith, in, in my absence, if I something were to happen to me." you're still obligated to fulfill that. And I said, yeah, of course, if that's, if you were to pass away and we were to, you know, have to help her continue on her religious, you know, experience through the Catholic church, I will be more than happy to facilitate that. However, I won't Mm -hmm. lie to her about my religious beliefs. If it ever comes up since she asks, I'm going to tell her that, Hey, I don't believe. However, if you want to, here we go. And I'll take you to the church to do your confirmation or whatever it is. And my sister was like, okay, cool. I'm fine with that. And if you're fine with that, I'm like, all right, cool. Handshake, high five, you know? So I can understand how. That's a very good coming out experience. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I was, it was a lot. I I expected my sister to be pretty upset, but she wasn't, I mean, at least I couldn't detect any, any sort of upset. So I can imagine Mm -hmm. you're you're coming out to your friend on the train being like, oh yeah, duh. You know, it was probably more of a struggle for you than it was for him. (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely. For me, it was really a, a struggle. Most other experiences were like like that. Yeah, uh, most yeah, of them. You said most of them were like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, well, in the beginning, each coming out experience was quite unique because I hadn't done many of them. So, at some point, for instance, one of my colleagues at university, another student, decided that he knew that I was gay and that he would not give me any rest until I admitted it. Oh, really? He like uh, hounded you about it? Yes. <laughs> hmm? 
he would, he hounded you about it like hey you got to tell me you're gay because i know you yeah. are and, and he wanted you to admit it yeah 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 exactly at some point i had to go to i had to leave, leave university for the afternoon i had to skip some courses because i had to go to the some administrative thing i don't remember decided to come with me and just to bugger me for the whole time and then i said yes okay i am and he was like okay cool now i know <laughs> nice <laughs> I yeah can't... yeah yeah I think that might be, I don't know how it is in Switzerland, but I think here that might have been in quite a, a impolite way to handle that, you know, trying to force a person to reveal their, you know, sexual orientation to someone when they weren't willing to. I don't know how, it would be. I mean, he was your friend, so it wasn't like some stranger on yeah. a bus was forcing you to, but uh, here it might have been. It would be quite unusual for Switzerland as well, but okay. in a way we had a good enough relationship for that not to be seen as a, in any way aggressive. And actually I then ended up moving in with the guy. Oh, okay. He's flat when a place opens there. Yeah, okay. it was quite funny. Yeah, okay. So I want to ask a little bit about your parents. So you said the area that you live in is a Catholic state, is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's correct. Are, are you a Catholic or are you agnostic or atheist? or? No, I've always been atheist, actually. Okay, and are, My... your, are your parents as well, are they Catholics or are they pretty secular? or? They were both baptized and confirmed, but they are both... As a matter of fact, not non-religious. I would say that my father is an agnostic and my mother is agnostic verging on spiritual with some th sympathy to Buddhism, I guess, or to Hinduism. Okay. So during while growing up, I never had any sort of religious education, if not that as, at school. And yeah, I've never, it's never been really been an issue for myself, not within myself and not with my family. Okay. I've got three brothers, and they're all pretty non-religious. Okay. So coming out to your family so, was, was not difficult at all? I mean, were you worried that they would react negatively when you came out to your family? It's very difficult not to be worried. There's always the slight chance that people might react badly for whatever reason. Even though you know that religion is not going to be an issue, there might be other issues. Right. And many times parents tend to have a little... Well, some parents tend to go through a phase where they wonder, what did I do something wrong? Yeah. Is it me was there? So there was a little bit of the, the off chance that they could react neg negatively because of some feeling of having, I don't know, failed me or something like that. Sure, yeah. So I, I'm a parent to a, a LGBT kid. My son mm -hmm. is gay as well. And so I can understand the feelings of, you know, a parent might, feel some way and responsible, you know, did I do something? Yeah. Did I, did I, was I not a good enough parent? Did I not love them enough? Did I not hug them? Did I hug them too much? You know, mm -hmm. so I, I can understand that, you know, those kind of ideas about how parents may take it hard could give you some, some idea that maybe they won't accept it as, yeah. as openly as you would like it to. So I can imagine how, even though they weren't religious, that they could, you, they could still have a negative reaction and that would be your concern. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, but, but at the end it was all quite okay. They were very much taken by surprise, which took me by surprise. I was not expecting them to be so surprised. Yeah. But then they have been quite supported and have not treated me in any way differently. That's good. That's really good to hear. So, I know sometimes that mm -hmm. uh, when uh, you come out to your parents here in the United States, sometimes even though the parents don't act outwardly angry or negatively, they sometimes can treat their homosexual children differently from their straight children. And so... And it, it may be unintentional, right? It may not be something that they're doing maliciously, but at least you don't have that experience, which is a really good thing to hear. Mm -hmm. I think it's really good that your parents are treating you the same as they did before and, and that they're really supportive. It's good to hear. I was actually, when I first started the show, I expected to hear a lot more of the negative stories about how people were kicked out of their homes. And Yeah, I think it's a less and less common experience, actually. I've known people who have been kicked out of their from their families especially in Italy, which tends to be much more conservative than Switzerland, even from the point of view of Ticino. Yeah. So I have seen people who's, who were just rejected from their families, but it's a, mi a minority, I would say, amongst the LGBT people I know. Okay. And so and in yeah. general in Switzerland, as far as maybe your work environment, do you work? Do you, you don't work for yourself. You work for a company over there? Uh, for university still and, you know, research group. Oh, that's right. You're a student. So this, the, yeah. but in general, the working conditions, are there laws that protect, uh, discrimination against LGBT people? Yes. Yes. There are laws and, uh, yeah, there are laws. It's quite illegal to, uh, and very much frowned upon 
to be aggressive towards LGBT people on the workplace. And Switzerland has quite strong laws when it comes to non-discrimination. Also, our recent political landscape would not let you imagine a glimpse at that. Yeah. So at work as well, I've well, I'm out at work as well. Yeah. To all the people who are interested and or have gotten it. I've never tried to hide it in any way. And I've never really received any sort of special treatment for that. Yeah, right. Once like, again. Yeah, right. I understand. So sometimes I get what you're saying there, because sometimes here in the United States, when we as allies to LGBT people, we try to uh, speak out in support of equality for gay or transgender or homosexual people and make sure that they have the right to get married to whoever they mm -hmm. want. It sometimes is portrayed by conservative or religious people who are against it as some sort of special, some sort of special privilege, right? Like you're getting yeah. something that they're not allowed to get and they make it. Mm -hmm. They're like one of the arguments that I heard one time uh, was a really bad one was because, yeah, they're free to marry just like you and I are. They can marry any woman they want. Speaking about a gay man. And they're like, you can marry any woman you want. And I'm just like, when I heard that, it, I was, it wasn't a person I was talking to. I heard it on like a radio show or a TV show or something yeah. like that. And I just face palmed so hard. Mm -hmm. Like, you've got to be kidding me. That is like the dumbest thing I've ever heard anyone say about, you know, that they have the same equal rights. Like, you just, you yeah. totally missed the point so far that it, you're so <laughs> far from wrong. You're not even right. Yeah, it's unbelievable that... But generally speaking, over there, that's not one of the, the attitudes that people express over there is that you guys, do, no. do you have the right to marry over there in Switzerland? I didn't even know that. We have a civil partnership law, and it's actually quite remarkable because it's one of the first uh, civil laws that were passed after a popular vote. And the popular vote was held in uh, 2002, I think, or 2003, okay. so just before I was able to vote. And the population agreed to have civil marriage for gay people, uh, specifically for gay people, gay and lesbian, yeah. uh, with a majority of 56%, I think, if I remember correctly. Okay. So yeah. So ever since it's, I mean, there's also kind of a valid validation from the part of the population. It's not something that the government imposed on us. It's something that uh, the population decided to approve. And that gives it much more strength. Okay. Over here for a while before we had... So we have, right now at least, full marriage equality, meaning it's called a marriage. They're considered married mm -hmm. as a couple. Before that was something that was legal in all 50 states of the United States, they tried to do things like civil partnerships or domestic partnerships in which they would be considered legally a couple, but not considered marriage. And mm -hmm. And to many people, myself included, that felt like a half measure, right? Yes. And and it was almost like we're going to – it felt like to me, and I'm just a straight cis guy, so I, for me, <laughs> my, my feeling may be different. I don't want to speak for the LGBT community at large, but as a person who's an ally for LGBT people, it felt like a half measure. It felt like, okay, you're going to be legally recognized as a couple. You're going to have all the mm -hmm. rights as a married couple. You're going to be married and legally bound to each other like a married couple but we're going to call you domestic partners, right? And it's yeah. almost like this separate but equal thing we had in the 1950s where black and white people had to use different water fountains and they were saying, well, you can use the water fountain. You'll have the same exact thing. You just can't use this one, right? Mm -hmm. And it, maybe that's not a great example of a, a correlation between the two, but that's what it felt like was we're going to give you all the same rights and you'll have everything the same. We just won't call it marriage. Like, well, if we're going to have... All and then it's not really the same rights many times. For instance, it's very different when it comes to adoption. In Switzerland, we do not currently have adoption, not even stepchild adoption. So the adopting the child of your partner. Oh, okay. And that it's not equality in any way at that point. We have the same rights when it comes to fiscality, when it comes to living together, when it comes to issues like that. You are protected as a, co as a couple, but you have no right to adopt and have a family of your own if you decide children. Yeah. So then there's, then there's those little things like you pointed out that I didn't even consider was there's these little things, these, you know, exceptions to your equality. Whereas, you know, mm -hmm. hey, we'll, we'll call you domestic partners. You'll be legally married. You'll be legally yeah. a couple, but because you're not married, you can't adopt because you're not considered a married couple. Right. So that's a good point. So it felt mm -hmm. like to me, if you're going to call them married or they're going to be legally coupled, they're going to be called a domestic partnership and every, and every other aspect of the idea, 
they're going to be considered married. Why not just call them married? Why? Do, why? What's with this hangup of using a different label, right? And I, I tried to argue with people about that. Like, you're going to give them everything that's considered a marriage, all of the pieces of it, just not call it a marriage, right? Which lets you invalidate that partnership in name and 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 still keep it one level below an actual marriage. Yes, then. Taste might, might vary. I've heard of uh, straight couples who wanted to have a civil partnership because what happens then is that many, for many people, marriage is a little bit perceived in a religious key. It's right. not necessarily, but it's associated many times with the idea of having a religious ceremony and have a, a religious marriage. And there's been many cases of straight couples who wanted to be legally joined and not be called a marriage, ironically. Yeah. There's been pushes to have civil partnerships extended past LGBT people, well, yeah. Yeah, lesbian people. I can I can see that what you're where where you're going with that. I think here in the United States, marriage is still considered both a legal recognized partnership as well mm -hmm. as a religious one. So here, I don't know how it works in Switzerland, but here, as far as getting married, you don't mm -hmm. have to get married in air quotes in a church. Yeah. My Neither wife in Switzerland. Yeah, my wife and I didn't get married in a church. We got married in a bookstore. Okay. We had a friend of ours who oh, was an ordained lovely. minister meet us at a bookstore in a little coffee shop. And <laughs> she was basically like, do you want to marry her? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, do you want to marry him? And she was like, yeah. And she goes, cool. You guys are married, right? You may kiss the bride, right? And we were sitting at a coffee shop table in a bookstore and we got married. And then that was it. She signed our marriage certificate and we submitted it and we were legally married without actually doing it in a church. Now, I say she was an ordained minister, but that was because <laughs> here you can go online or take classes and, and get married yeah. or get, become an ordained minister, which is a person who's a, allowed to officiate weddings. Now, to mm -hmm. my knowledge, she didn't she did. She wasn't a minister at a church or anything like that. She was just a friend of ours who we knew was a person that was allowed to marry people. And mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, I'm an ordained minister in which now I can do that. Even though I'm an atheist, I belong to the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, Ramen. Yes, and exactly. So I, I paid my fee to become an ordained minister in the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. I have my certificate of ministry and I have a little card that I carry in my wallet that is also um, something that you know I can identify. So I have all the same... Uh, authority and power of any other minister in any other religion. So if someone is dying, I can go visit them in the hospital and give them their last rites and air quotes or whatever. Exactly. I have his nudely appendage. Yes. Touch them or right. whatever uh, the formula is. That's right. Uh, you May you be touched by his nudely appendage. Exactly. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Exactly. Yeah. So um, as a matter of fact, I've, I've recently told people on Facebook that I'm an ordained minister and uh, there's this current feeling. It's It hasn't come about yet but with our current president president trump i'm not sure how aware mm -hmm. you guys are of uh, u.s politics in switzerland but there's a real concern yeah okay there's a real yeah. concern though that lgbt lgbtq people's rights might start getting rolled back and pulled back because a lot of the rights that they've received uh, or the protections mm -hmm. that they've received were done through what's called an executive order which is something yeah. that's kind of put out by the president it's not actually a law that's gone through congress and executive orders can be easily rolled back by another president's executive mm -hmm. executive order. And so there's yes. this real feeling and fear that these rights might be taken away. And so I told my friends and family, hey, if you're in love and you want to get married, let me know. I'm a ordained minister. I'll marry you if you as long as and I make sure I fully let them know, hey, I'm not I'm not a Christian. I am in the church mm -hmm. of the flying spaghetti monster. If you're OK with that, I'll marry you. And so. I've already been asked by two people to marry them, and so I'm excited to do. I'm excited to do my first one. I can't wait for it, mm -hmm. but uh, I'm a little nervous because I haven't done one. So my first one, I'll probably be like, "Oh, I hope I get this right," because I don't want to screw it up for my friends. But um, it should be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope. I wish you good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And... So, so I want to get back to. Sorry, we sidetracked a lot there. Mm -hmm. I want to get we back to in Switzerland the domestic partnership. Mm -hmm. So. There is no full recognized marriage for same-sex couples in Switzerland currently. No, not currently. It's actually been discussed by parliament. They started deliberations one year ago, but Switzerland has never been a really fast country when it comes to introduce, introducing new laws. We have a very strong uh, set of checks and balances, so to say, and that slows everything down enormously. Yeah. So they are discussing uh, adoption, adoption, which is what's really missing in a way 
Yeah, that's the big hole in the whole domestic partnership thing right now. That's the it big is. gap. It is. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, But generally speaking, you don't, when it finally comes to that point, you don't see a lot of resistance against letting that happen. You know, do you, are you pretty confident that that'll make it through or do you find that there may be a lot more resistance than you expected? I think that it will uh, get through. I think... It's quite probable that the government will pass a law in that in that uh, direction, and then we'll have a thing called a referendum, which is an occasion when the population can uh, stop a law from being applied and have a popular vote. Okay. And we will probably win the referendum. That's my projection. Okay. So if I un let me see if I understand that correctly. So, mm -hmm. for example, if the parliament does not pass some sort of marriage law for same-sex couples, it could go up to a popular vote and the public could, through majority, force that issue to be handled the way they want it. Yes. Okay. That is correct. We have, it's a semi-direct democracy system. So we have the, the right of proposing a law and having a popular vote on it. What's that called? I didn't catch that. Uh, we have a popular initiative to propose a law and a popular referendum to no. block a law. I meant the type of democracy. What was that you said? The uh, semi-direct. Semi-direct. Half-direct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so that gives the people the ability to propose the laws on their own behalf without having to go through your parliament, right? Exactly, yes. Okay. Well, that's really interesting. That would be something I think might be popular over here in the United States, actually. I think so, yes. It slows everything down considerably, but it creates much more transparency in politics because we know that the, the politicians know that if we don't like something, we'll strike it down. And if they don't do something that they re really want, we will make it happen anyway. <laughs> nice. That's really good. To I, some extent. Yeah. There are still ways of overruling the uh, uh, popular vote, but it's extremely rare. Sure. You always want to have a safety valve so, you know, everyone can't get together and say, okay, the national color is now purple, right? You know, and... Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure everyone wants, you know, checks and balances against, you know, some sort of uh, mm -hmm. persuasive person convincing everyone that, you know... A uh, crab is now banned in the entire country, or whatever you know, whatever crazy thing they come up with and convince everyone to go along with. Yes, but that, it's it's extremely complicated because because sometimes uh, the population could technically pass a, a law that is non-constitutional, and at that point there is a very obvious dilemma between with asking which is the most legitimate one, the constitution or the population, right, and yeah. its will. Okay. Has that does that happen very often? I mean, has that happened in the past that you're aware of in which the the laws passed by the people aren't necessarily constitutional and there's that it's, conflict? It, well, the problem with claiming that something is not constitutional is that constitution is more a, a program and the program is sometimes quite vague. And we had for instance a referendum that uh, uh, no, a popular initiative that banned uh, the constructions of minarets in Switzerland. The construction, was actually, I'm sorry, the construction of what? Of minarets. I don't know what that is. So that's the, the, the towers of mosques. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, so it's the, the place where the, the, the call for a prayer happens. Right, yeah, I know. And, I know uh, and uh, the population, sadly, voted uh, for a yes, uh, which is, and that, in my opinion, is a discriminatory law, and it's discrimination against religion, and that is quite unconstitutional and many parts of our political system claim that it was unconstitutional yeah but it's the argument obviously gets bogged down because the proponents of that law will say that it's not the religion that has been um that is being oppressed is as it's a specific architectonical feature and architectonical features are not protected by the, the constitution <laughs> right so not reach and so it went nowhere any sort of opposition to that right so i get what you're saying so it's like saying well hey we're not banning any sort of religion from practicing mm -hmm. religion they just can't build the thing that is centered around their religion right it's like saying well we're not banning christians right we're just banning building of more churches you know well then yes <laughs> yeah right so well, but you're still free to do whatever you want as a christian just you don't have a church yeah to, exactly to and yeah and so <laughs> it's I, I see the irony yeah. in that <laughs> Yeah, it's and at that point, obviously, the Constitution is kind of claiming the, the, that it infringes the Constitution. It's moved because it goes both ways. Yeah. Okay. So I want to know. You seem a pretty like a pretty well-adjusted person. You seem happy and jovial. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had to seek any sort of professional psychological help 
with dealing with your sexual identity as being a gay man or anything like that? I actually have not, no. I was, despite like, um, remaining in the closet for so long, I actually always felt quite supported from my community of friends. And if the, even after coming out, I always felt very much supported and accepted by everyone around me, my family um, and my friends and my colleagues at work. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, um, that's good. I yeah. think that that's a big part of it. I think mm-hmm. sometimes here in the States, a lot of LGBT people, they have to get help from psychologists or psychiatrists. Yeah. And sometimes the, the people who are against homosexual people will make this argument that it's some sort of mental disorder because look how many of them mm-hmm. get mental assistance or, or help for their mental issues. And yeah. I think really the point is overlooked that, well, because they are looked upon so negatively by so many people because of their religion or their politics or whatever it is mm-hmm. that they look down upon it, that that has a big effect on a person's psyche, especially as a young kid. If you're constantly told by your parents when you're when you feel gay or, or transgender and you constantly see on TV these negative stereotypes, your parents, Mm -hmm. you know, using negative toward negative terms, you know, maybe your parents are calling gay people fags and queers and dykes, whatever the negative term is of the day. And so now you're, you're a kid, right? Maybe 10, 13, 15 years old. And your parents, the people who raise you and love you are now calling Mm -hmm. gay people or transgender people, all these derogatory names. It can definitely damage you in a psychological way, thinking that now I'm I'm broken, I'm a bad thing, I'm a negative on this world, mm-hmm. and so it can be really damaging to a person's psyche because you're still developing as a child, and so when you have this you know view of your parents you know thinking about these people that you identify with in such a negative way, it can be damaging, and so I think it gets overlooked mm-hmm. that. The people who say that, you know, this is a mental disorder or this is a mental problem or they, you know, even if it's a mental defect, like it was a birth defect, right? Even if that's Mm -hmm. the case, you can still get this idea, this really negative ingrained idea mentally that you're broken or wrong or not a valid part of society. Mm -hmm. And so you will need help. And I think maybe just the fact that we can accept LGBT people, LGBTQ people more will help alleviate a lot of the mental anguish that comes along with doing that and, and alleviate the need for so many people to get help um, psychologically. Yes, we can only hope that in the future it's going to be, at the end it needs to be normalized. Yeah. It needs to be seen as a natural part of human society. Yeah, I totally to be treated agree. as such. Yeah, I totally and agree. There's, yeah, there's actually huge advancements that are being done. It's more and more common to, to see it portrayed positively, for instance, in the media. It's quite been... It's been portrayed quite positively for maybe 15 years now, or almost 20, depending on the nation. And that really makes a huge difference. So to me, it was a really huge relief when I was young to be able to watch TV series uh, where it was normalized or treated as not treated in any discriminatory way. Right. They weren't made. They weren't the joke of the mm-hmm. TV show. Right. They weren't the the comic relief in which, oh, there's so and so the gay person. Right. And and they yeah. become the butt of the joke. They are now characters in which they are part of the show and not the butt of the joke. You know, they are they are part. Yeah. Of, they are included in the joke, not the end of the, the, the thing they're making fun of. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think or not necessarily bad guy or slimy guy or intrinsically amoral. I mean, right. What we need representation as multifaceted uh, layered character yeah. characters sometimes good sometimes bad sometimes driven all with human emotions and the possibility in a way for everyone to identify in a gay character no matter or in a queer character no matter their sexual orientation or sexual identity right i totally agree i think that's a really good advancement so um the what kind of so for young people who are emerging and they are are starting to understand that they may be gay or transgender what sort of organizations or assistance can they get with um that do do is that a issue i mean over there i mean do do people feel the struggle still to come out as transgender or gay or is gay more acceptable than transgender in switzerland i wouldn't actually know i feel bad in admitting it but i don't know uh transgendered people in uh in switzerland okay I should imagine that it's seen as a very private matter. And uh, in Switzerland, we usually pressure very much our privacy. It's extremely important to to respect other people's privacy. Sure, yeah. Other than that, 
there is not particular uh, there was no particular is, uh, issue for me coming out coming out uh, 10 12 years ago and i would not imagine that it's different for younger gay people nowadays so, okay so i mean for for lgbt kids it's probably more acceptable than when you were 10 or 12 right it's it's mm -hmm. it's it's progressed more so where it's more acceptable for them to to come out earlier do you agree i should imagine so yeah. then i have very little insight actually into the matter okay so we here in the united states it's still not you know really accepted i mean we have pockets of people and groups that are what we call allies for lgbt people and we try mm -hmm. to make sure that we work towards the advancement of the acceptance of lgbt people in our society and i think we have a long yeah. way to go here in america and so we have mm -hmm. organizations that are you know they're called non-profit organizations they are not uh, corporate businesses that are you that are structured to make money for shareholders they're meant as sort of charity type organizations in which they work with lgbt people to help them deal with whatever their niche issue is there's people who are transgender who are dealing with their mm -hmm. issues there are people who are gay who deal with their sort of complications as related to the society here in america and the struggles with that yeah. Is there a big need for those type of organizations in Switzerland, or is that pretty much a non-issue nowadays? There are some. I mean, the most famous one is the. It's called the Pink Cross. Okay. Uh, cross being the national, uh, well, the symbol on the national Swiss flag. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, Switzerland is a white cross on red. Yeah. And this, so the Pink Cross is kind of an inchy, um a joke on that. I suppose there is, well, there is still definitely lots to do on legal recognition and uh, many times in rural areas, there needs to be more awareness and more open, uh, openness about the subject. Yeah. So for every, anyone in Switzerland, I would recommend definitely checking out the Pink Cross website. Okay. And then Switzerland is definitely very small, so it's quite easy to get to a big city, even for the day and to seek out resources yeah. in, uh, like in Zurich or in other places like that. Okay. Yeah. So I, that seems to be a common theme among people in the LGBT community is that the more rural area you get to, the less accepting it is of transgender or gay people. And the more metropolitan mm -hmm. areas where, you know, you're in a larger city and you're around more people, generally speaking, it's more accepted uh, to be an LGBT person. And I find that interesting. And I, yeah. di I didn't even know that that would be something similar that would be happening in European countries like Switzerland or, or anything like that. Yeah, I think it's quite intrinsically linked to the difference between cities and countryside. It's like that for many things. It's easier to be of a different religious religion when you're in a city rather than when you're on the countryside. Yeah. It's uh, more easy to be of a different ethnicity many times in bigger cities because they tend to be multicultural and multi-ethnical and more open, well, more varied in the sexuality uh, yeah. landscape. Yeah. So, okay. So it's been great speaking with you, Matt. I think we pretty much covered everything. I mean, you were a great guest and I, and I want to thank you for being on the show. So if people wanted to reach out to you, do you have anything you wanted to share with the audience if they wanted to contact you and ask you more questions? Maybe there were some questions that about Switzerland that I didn't ask that maybe someone would want to ask you. Is there a good way that you can be reached or is there any organizations that you belong to that you want to plug? Uh, I can be reached at my email address. Go ahead and give give the audience what your email address is. Yeah, that's um, Mattia, M-A-T-T-I-A-N-S-N, -T -T -A -A all attached, at hotmail.com. Okay, so Matt, I-A-N-S-N, mm -hmm. yeah. at hotmail.com. Exactly. Okay. And um, are there any projects, you know, are you a public figure? Is there any websites or anything you want to share or uh, any organizations that you support that you want the audience to know about? Not particularly, no. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I yeah. just figured, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not a particularly public person, but if I could have any recommendation for LGBT pe LGBTQ people and for everyone else is to get tested for STD, uh, STDs uh, quite often. Yeah. Okay. That's definitely you it's, know uh, that's an issue here in the states as well as is sex education. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have a problem with um, our individual states. There's no consistent sex education requirements, and so mm -hmm. some states teach what we call abstinence only, which is just withholding from yes. sex. And and other states 
teach, you know, good sex education, you know, how to use condoms and how to use birth control mm-hmm. so that you avoid STDs and, and unwanted pregnancies and things like that. So I can understand where you're coming from with that. That's definitely an issue over here too. So everyone out there, if you're sexually active, LGBT or straight, make sure you get tested for uh, sexually transmitted diseases and make sure we keep, you know, each other safe. So Matt, it's mm-hmm. been great talking to you. It's really interesting. You are uh, a really interesting person. It was interesting to get to learn Thank more about much. Switzerland. I'm glad you listened to the show. Some of my other guests, wink, wink, <laughs> haven't been listening to the show. But I appreciate that you took the time to listen. I hope you enjoy it. Please, if there's anything I'm doing that you think might make the show better or any suggestions you have to, you know, for ideas, feel free to email me. Mm-hmm. I will. You can always email me at major at straightupgaypodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter at S-U-G podcast. You can join me on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash straightupgaypodcast or just go on Facebook and search for the Straight Up Gay Podcast. Uh, I have a blog page at www.straightupgaypodcast.com. I list all of the services that people have mentioned on the show for LGBT people so that if you heard something on the show and you want to get to it and learn more about it, you can come to my blog page and look for the links. I'll be adding the Pink Cross's website up there for Switzerland. So if people want to learn more about the Pink Cross, you can go to the blog page and find a link there. And again, I just keep reminding people because I know they haven't, some people don't listen to every episode that. I'm no longer hosting the show on SoundCloud. The show, the audio for the show is now hosted on Pinecast. And something new recently that I've added, if you want to support the show financially, I'm, I'm funding the show completely out of pocket, out of my own costs. Um, it's not very expensive now, but I imagine as the show grows, it might get more expensive. So if you want to support the show, you can go to paypal.me slash straightupgaypodcast, and you can donate to the show through PayPal, or you can go on Pinecast uh, on my show page, and there's a tip jar there. You can leave a tip up to $20 if you'd like. So for all the listeners out there, if you like the show and you enjoy what I'm doing and you think what I'm doing is good and you want to help support me, you can support me financially or just share the show with your friends. I'm, I'm always happy to get more listeners. Tell your friends, tell your family tell your enemies i'm not picky well i'll let anyone who wants to listen is more than welcome to listen so matt i again thank you for being on the show it was a great conversation with you and um i look forward to maybe following up with you after you've completed your phd thank you for having me all right i'll see everyone on episode 11 have a good day hi mom i'm really scared right now but i have to at age 13, my mother knew I wasn't straight. She didn't understand, but she had so much to say. She sat me on the couch, looked me straight in my face, and said, You'll burn in hell or probably die of AIDS. It's funny now, but at 13, it was pain to be almost sure of who you are and have it ripped away. And I'm sorry if it's too real for some of you to fathom, but hate for who you love is not exactly what you'd imagine. Uh, and I guess it was disastrous Cause everything that happened afterwards was just madness Locked away for two years to keep me on the inside Because she'd rather see a part of me die than me thrive And it's tougher when it's something you can't deny And ignorance teaches us it's something that you decide You're driven by your choices, an optical illusion Here's to understanding that it's not always confusion And I can't change single hand that chooses ignorance fuck your religion fuck constitutions fuck superstitions there are no lakes of fire for here on earth and the only thing to do is put love first and so i stand for the boy who died by his hand to the sound of his father screaming woman loves man this is adam and eve not adam and steve and i stand for the girl with the cuts up her sleeve and a heart in her hand and that chip on her shoulder and i stand for it all until ignorance is over this is for you for knowing who you are for never letting your magic outside of your heart be you 
be brave and understand that things do change I accept you for you when I don't understand And I love you for you, this is who I am Didn't understand, and I love me for me. This is who I am. Just don't get it. Love is love. There is no difference. Not a medication to fix it. There is no prescription. No rehab to visit. It is not an addiction. It's love. And it's selfless. It's yours and everybody else's. So don't badger and abuse the solemnly defenseless. See us as yourself. There's no equality and difference. Until we all get it, we'll be drowning in the same blood. Despite orientation, we all feel the same love. Drowning in the same blood Despite orientation We all feel the same love Boxed in and labeled Before we're ever able to speak who we believe we are Or who we dream will become Like drum beats forever changing their rhythm I am living today as someone I had not yet become yesterday And tonight I'll only borrow pieces of who I am today To carry with me to tomorrow No, I'm not gay No, I'm not straight And I sure as hell am not bisexual Damn it, I am whoever I am when I am it Loving whoever you are when the stars shine And whoever you'll be when the sun rises So here's to being able Here's to love, here's to loving just because, here's to acceptance, here's to never fearing the fear of rejection, here's to love and never neglecting who it is you feel you are, here's to bullies because beatings cannot last forever, here's to the moment that you realize things do get better, here's to the parents who will get it when it's too late, here's to second chances, here's to new fate. Here's to every single moment you've ever had to hide you. Here's to the single star shining bright inside you, asking you to guide you. Here's to who you'll be when you've figured it all out. Here's to momentary doubt. Here's to feeling, because we all feel it the same. Here is to the moment that things will change. Because we all feel love, we all feel it the same. Here's to love. Here's the change.